Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 3, 1 through 13, called The Mystery of the Church. Go back to Ephesians chapter 3. See to it that no one takes you captive through a philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. Many of you are familiar with the C28 store in the Tyler Mall that was started by a man named Aurelio Barreto. He owned that dog glue company. Remember that company? He made the little dog houses. They look like igloos. And he, he sold his business for millions and millions of dollars and he was sitting on top of a gold mine. He lived in Yorba Linda. I know that because I played racquetball with his neighbor, his former neighbor, for 10 years. I haven't told Aurelio this personally, but that former neighbor told me that he was one of the most obnoxious men he had ever met. And then I shared with this uh, racquetball buddy of mine that Aurelio had become a Christian. And this was after they had had some squabbles as neighbors. And... Uh, Aurelio went to a, a local uh, Porsche dealer, bought a Porsche Carrera, I think it was, um, one of those uh, ones with the top down, cherry red, paid a cash for like 135 grand, drove out of the dealership and was driving down the 91 freeway and said he felt an overwhelming emptiness come over his soul as he was in that sports car. And some of us are sitting here tonight as Christians and say, I'd just like to try it once and see if the same emptiness comes over me. Anyway. <laughs> Can you all feel what I'm saying? Anyway. so, But he was a non-Christian and the Lord was just gnawing at his heart and he was showing him even in five minutes after he bought this brand new Porsche, this beautiful car, it was emptiness. To him. He was empty. And he ended up becoming a Christian and he shared his testimony in many places and and Paul says the, these words, he says, if indeed, look at Ephesians 3, 2, you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you. Now, you all know that in the ancient world, they had stewards, and a steward was a manager of someone else's household. Uh, the best biblical illustration we can think of is Joseph was the steward of Potiphar in Egypt. And Potiphar had given Joseph, because of his trustworthiness, rule over everything. And as a matter of fact, when he got propositioned by Potiphar's wife, he said, the only thing that he hasn't given me access to is you. How can I do this? How can I do this and sin against God and sin against him? I can't do this. And she ended up falsely accusing him anyway. But that's the idea of a steward. A steward is a manager of somebody else's goods and resources. And Paul identified himself as a steward of God's grace. And so are you. Now, how do you steward a gift like grace? We've all heard grace defined as unmerited favor. You can't earn grace. How do you become a manager of grace? Well, you don't earn it, but you can manage it. And the way you manage it, one way you manage it is by giving it away. And another way you manage it is by giving it to people who need to hear about grace. Because sometimes when we go on in our Christian years, we can lose a little bit of grace. Anybody feel that one? You know, we've been Christians for 20, 25 years now, man. What's your problem, bro? 
You've been a Christian for six months. Aren't you over all the junk? And then you start to retrace some of your steps as a younger Christian. And you go, goodness, it took four years for some things in my life. And other things God obviously is going to work on until I go home to be with the Lord. First Peter 4.10 says, As each one of you have received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. First Peter 4.10 each of you has received a gift of grace in which God has called you to be a steward over. You are to manage that gift well. And the main way you manage the gift is by engaging it. If you let your spiritual gift sit on the shelf, you are mismanaging what God has given to you. That's the bottom line. Paul said to Timothy, don't neglect the spiritual gift that is within you. That tells me you can neglect it. And we are to be good managers. And the verse that resonates with me, let a man regard us in this manner as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. This is 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. In this case, moreover, it is required of a steward that he be found, remember the last word of that sentence? Faithful. That's what God wants. I saved you by grace. Now I want you to be faithful. Faithful to what? That by revelation, this is Ephesians 3.3, 3, there was made known to me the mystery, that's the Greek word musterion, as I wrote before in brief. I'm going to tell you more. See the word revelation there? That's apocalypsis. It means a revealing. That's what the book of Revelation is. It's a revealing of Jesus Christ and a revealing of end times events. And so that's a revelation. The word mystery is a sacred secret beyond natural knowledge, once hidden from human discovery and now divinely revealed. And so Paul says, well, what I'm managing is a mystery. Now, the management of a mystery is kind of an interesting concept, but this particular mystery is to be given away. The way you manage the mystery is to make it an open secret. You don't hold this one in. If somebody once said to you before, can you keep a secret? And you said, oh yeah, right? You know, you've heard the story of the three pastors. You know, they, they're out fishing and they're taking a little time off from the ministry and they're all, they all open up to one another about all their problems. You know, one says, I have a problem with, God, uh, with a, a sexual sin. Another one says, I have a problem with anger. And they're all confessing. And the one pastor says, I have a problem with gossip and I can't wait to get out of here to tell other people, what I've just heard you guys confess. Anyway. <laughs> this is a secret we need to make known. And the enemy works in your life to try to get you to conceal it. This is a secret God wants you to tell from the housetops. And boy, has the enemy done a trick on us by keeping us largely silent. Ah, keep that in the walls of the church. People don't want to hear about that stuff. I got a book on my shelf where John MacArthur wrote about a book called Ashamed of the Gospel. And his whole premise in the book is we stopped preaching the gospel in the church because we became ashamed of what God told us to preach from the housetops. What? And so Paul says, my, the reason I'm in prison is because I made known the sacred secret. And Paul, when he was praying for the Ephesian church says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, 
What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance and the saints? Look, I want you to get it, and I want your eyes to be open. Verse 4. And by referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. That Greek word means that Paul was given the insight into the revelation to put it all together. God had set him apart to be a special vessel with insight into the New Testament. I think of the books of the New Testament. Uh, Paul has written close to half of those books, two-thirds of the New Testament epistles. I'm trying to remember the exact numbers, but maybe it's not half. But anyway, two-thirds of the New Testament epistles. Think of how much revelation Paul was given. How much insight into the gospel did Paul receive? As a matter of fact, he said, because of the surpassing revelations that I received, I was given a thorn in my flesh to keep me from exalting myself. A messenger of Satan that was sent to buffet me. Now think of the words there. People often say, maybe it was a medical condition. Maybe. But it specifically says in the text, a messenger of Satan was sent to buffet me. What's a messenger? Sounds like a person to me. Apparently there was a guy who followed Paul around and maybe it was some sort of spiritual attack and Paul will talk about the armor of God later. Harassed him all the time. You ever had a person that was a pain in your side and you just start praying, oh Lord, get this person out of my life, right? Well, if that is the application and especially if it's an evil person, Paul was told by Christ that his grace was sufficient for him. Wow. Now Paul says of this particular mystery, which five in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, and this is a key to the interpretation, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. Now was there an inkling in the Old Testament that Gentiles would come and come to know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? And I would say yes. Genesis 12.3, in you all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. In the book of Isaiah, which we studied in previous Wednesday nights, we saw Egypt and other nations that one day will come before the Lord. And we, we've seen in prophecies in the Old Testament that they will bring their glory and come on the Feast of Tabernacles and worship the God of Israel. So the Old Testament did talk about Gentiles. And as a matter of fact, it said that Israel was to be a light to the Gentiles, but we didn't have the specifics. And I want to show you a passage that's really interesting. It's one book back. It's found in Galatians 3. Speaking of this blessing, Galatians 3, look at verse 6. Even so, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Galatians 3, 7. Therefore be sure that it is those who are of the faith who are sons of Abraham and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify who? The Gentiles by faith preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, all the nations shall be blessed in you. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham the believer. Now what was once kind of shadowed now became reality, reality, much like, remember, in the ceremonial uh, system and in the blood of animals, Christ was in the shadows, but now the reality belongs to Christ. So it, the analogy back to Ephesians, if you turn there, is kind of like having a picture of something. The Old Testament, maybe in some ways, you can think of pictures. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Pastor Michael Lance would like to invite you to our next 633 event called On the Brink, A Warning to America. I can't think of anything more relevant and more that needs explanation and clarification and illumination than the topic of Marxism, socialism, and communism. The next 633 event will be August 22nd at 6.30 with guest pastor Christian Ionesco. He's a Chicago pastor who fled persecution in communist Romania and really became a religious refugee in America. Now he is saying that he is seeing signs in America, similar things that were happening in Romania as they were being prepped to really transfer over to communism. Learn more about this next 633 event on walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Christ was in the shadows, but now the reality belongs to Christ. So it, the analogy back to Ephesians, if you turn there, it's kind of like having a picture of something. The Old Testament, maybe in some ways you could think of pictures. You could have a picture of your family that's very valuable. Maybe you're away for a while. I remember I was on a trip to India, and I had one of those little talking pictures. And one of the missionary guys who was with me said, I would advise you to bury that deep in your suitcase and don't look at it. I said, why? He goes, because every time you look at it, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Just put it under there. It was one of those little talking pictures, and the boys were really young. And all three of them, I'd hit the button and say, I love you, Daddy. I love you, Daddy. And James was too young to speak, so it was, oh, or some kind of noise like that. But anyway, so I had to put it away. But once I landed on, on LAX and I drove home, I was not kissing the picture. I was kissing my actual family. The picture has value, but when the real thing's there, the picture takes what? Second place. It's valuable, but it's nothing like the real thing. And that's kind of what the Old Testament was to the new. The Old Testament was shadows and pictures, but the fulfillment now belongs to Christ. The, the greatest illustration I think Paul gives in, a, in Colossians 2 is the Sabbath. The Sabbath is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. He is our rest. Amen? So this was not known in other generations, but now it's been revealed by the Spirit. Look at verse 5, reading from the NIV, middle of the verse, by the Holy Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. What a privileged group they were. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed which you do well to heed as light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Know this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, the 12 apostles were chosen. Paul was chosen to carry the gospel by their mouth. And so they went out two by two, and after uh, we, we have some church tradition that tells us different places that they went to, 
But you know another reason why he chose them? Was to write down the Bible for you and me. And so he gave the prophecy and they wrote down sacred scripture so that 2,000 years later, you and I could be sitting here and say, I haven't seen him, but I love him. Blessed is he who does not see and yet believes. I'm in that camp. I hold a completed Bible. I have eyewitness testimony. This is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so God chose these guys that they would share the doctrine. And, and this is this, the specifics now, verse 6, that the Gentiles are three things. They are fellow heirs, and this would be shocking to the Jewish mind who thought only the Jews would be saved. The Gentiles, this is the specifics, are fellow heirs, fellow members of the body, the church, and fellow partakers. Uh, there's many commentators that believe Paul coined the word fellow partakers there of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. We are uh, co-participants. We are fellow heirs, fellow members, fellow partakers. That's pretty complete. There's a beautiful, mystical unity in the body of Jesus Christ, and he's given it to us who believe, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. One body. And Paul says in verse 7, of which I was made a minister, that's diakonos, the Greek word for a table server or a deacon. I was looking this up um, tonight, and I've looked at this word many times, and one definition of a diakonos, a minister, sometimes translated a deacon, is defined as the servant of a king. Isn't that a great definition? That's what Paul was. He was the servant of the king. I uh, have really treasured Romans 12, 1 and 2, and it talks about there uh, presenting ourselves as living sacrifices to God. And the presentation of ourselves is kind of in the, uh, the technical um, image of a sacrifice, but we're not presenting an animal. We present our bodies as a holy and living sacrifice. And I like to imagine the days of the knights when they would kneel before their king and he would knight them and give them marching orders and send them out. And I always uh, saw myself that way. And I think this is maybe an an image that uh, you can really feel maybe as a guy, uh, a knight being sent out on the orders of your king. And uh, lots of days when I come before my king, I kind of imagine myself this way on my knee, in my armor, before my king, waiting for him to touch me and say, this is what I want you to do today. See, if we live our days like that, we'll be in service of the king. That's the idea of a minister. According to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me, Paul obviously highlighting the grace of God, according to, notice, the working, that's where we get our English word energy, of his power, there's the Greek word dunamis, dynamic. See, the way you do it is by grace, his grace, and by the power of God. Amen? Verse 8. To me, the very least, uh, less than the least of all God's people, says the NIV. Look at how Paul saw himself. I am the very least of all the saints. And he's turned the language again. In this particular language, Arkan Hughes says, Paul again bends the language and he takes the Greek word for least or smallest and adds an ending which is impossible linguistically. So that he comes out with a word that means the leaster. That sounds like a southern person talking. I'm the leaster in all my clan, you know. 
But that's how Paul saw him. And some see a play on words with Saul who became Paul. His Latin name is Paulus, which means little. And so some see Paul saying, I am small Paul. I don't know why he called me. I don't know. But it's like Paul spends a good part of the New Testament in awe that he's the guy. And if you spend a good portion of your life in awe that God would choose to use you, you're in a really good place. The times you get in trouble is when you say something like this. Aren't you privileged, God, to have a guy like me? That's when you're about to fall on your face. And if you're getting close to that, God will find a way to humble you. Paul says, man, think of the guy's intellect and calling and all that he did. And how did he see himself as he writes Ephesians? He said, I'm less than the least of all God's people. It blows my mind, but I have been given this privilege. Grace was given to me to preach. Euangelizo, that's the word for announcing good news. To preach to the Gentiles. Notice what Paul calls it. The unfathomable riches of Christ. You could literally translate this. The riches which cannot be tracked or if we had put it in our vernacular, riches which cannot be counted. That's what I preach. You've been listening to The Mystery of the Church, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. And that's Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 3, 1 through 13. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you could listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Pastor Michael would like you to mark your calendar for August 22nd for our next 633 event. Our 633 apologetic events are free for you to attend, both in person and on our live stream. We open the floor so you can ask questions too. So if you've not seen one of our 633 events, you can watch previous ones on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael. Well, the beauty about the mystery of the church is that this was a sacred secret once concealed, now revealed, that God is calling all men everywhere to repent. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what uh, region of the world you live. God determined those borders and all of that, that we might reach out and grope for God and find him, though he's not far from each one of us. You know, when Paul uh, delivered that message on in Acts 17 in Athens, Greece, he delivered it to a mixed people group. And then, of course, a couple chapters later, he's in Ephesus. And it was the melting pot of the world. It was, uh, you know, very pagan and, you know, gods and goddesses. And there the gospel went out, calling people to the true God. And so that's the thing. The gospel can permeate any culture. And speaking of culture, we have a special 633 event happening Sunday night, August the 22nd at the church that I get to serve as senior pastor. It's called Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Our special guest is Pastor Christian Ionescu. Now, he's an immigrant from Romania, and he fled communist Romania, and he is pastoring a church in Chicago. And he has some things, uh, some important things to share with Americans about signs that he's seeing that are, uh, you know, kind of eerily similar to what was happening in Romania as they transitioned into a communist government. 
and uh, the devastation that that caused. Marxism, what is that? Socialism, communism, what is it? How do you define it? Uh, what does it mean? What would the implications be if it came to these shores? Pastor Christian Ionescu, a Romanian immigrant who's experienced this, his family has, has much to share with us. Extremely important, 6.33, Sunday night, August 22nd, 6.33 in the evening. And it's happening at 1009 Arsenal Way in the city of Corona. That's Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It will be live streamed as well, but if you're anywhere within driving distance, this is a night to come on out. We will have a Q&A with Pastor Christian. It will be a very rich, informative evening and one that we definitely need to uh, understand the times. Now, if you want to come on out, driving directions and info on the church are found at walkintruth.com. You can click on the 633 events tab at walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. The website, one more time, walkintruth.com. Click on that 633 events tab, and we'll look forward to seeing you here. Hey, keep that night in prayer. God bless you, and Lord willing, we'll see you here tomorrow. And one more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations, so praise God. Hey, if you're a longtime listener, please become a partner of at least $5 a month. You can visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Ephesians 3, 1 through 13, called The Mystery of the Church. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.